For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. You can't score if you don't shoot the puck. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Jack. Sports Jack. It's Sports Jack. You're listening to episode 228 of the Sports Yak podcast. That's the Howard Johnson episode. Joe, as he was known, pr- played primarily for the New York Mets, uh, did spend a little bit of time at the end of his career with the Cubs, and that's how you knew it was the end of his career. Hojo, Howard Johnson with 228 career home runs. Family Broadcasting Corporation. Well, the crowd's going wild. In association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network, presents Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. It's all the way! It is! It's good! Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here! And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer, this one will be relived, Chuck Freebie. Forever! Speaking of the New York Mets, uh, Tebow's birthday today, according to his Wikipedia page, which is always correct, Yes, the opening sentence is, is a New York Met. He's not on the roster? No. <laughs> when was he? Was that last year? Well, he At was, all? He played in the minors. Yeah. But I don't think he Never ever an made actual it to Met. the big leagues. No. Mm. Somebody better clean that up and quick. Yes, because... Goodness knows, we all trust Wikipedia, especially when the day it told us that Mayor Buttigieg rode his tricycle around town. <laughs> I don't remember that. That was a thing, huh? Yes. Let's start off with the NC2A Fall Championships canceled. Yesterday, Mark Emmert, the head of the NCAA, said there just wasn't any way that they could hold championships in fall sports. Now, here's something to remember. Fall sports from an NCAA championship perspective does not include football because they do not run the FBS championship the college football playoff committee does, which seems very, very odd to me that probably your highest profile sport in the NCAA 
does not have a championship awarded by the NCAA. Do you find that during this pandemic, you, other sports writers, casters, are seeing a lot of holes in the dam of college sports? Oh, yeah. More than ever? I I think we are not far from the Power Five conferences, Big Ten, Pac-12, SEC, ACC, um, and the uh, Big 12. Not far from those five conferences, just telling the NCAA, forget about it, we'll run things on our own. Wow. Okay. Because it's such a different world for them compared to, remember, the NCAA is made up of all the Division One, Division Two, and Division Three colleges. Most of those colleges have way different issues than the Power Five conferences have. And it's a completely different world. And we've already seen that at the Division I level. We've talked about how the MAC really relies on these buy-in games that they have with other conferences. It's a lot different. The SEC doesn't rely on buy-in games. They're a revenue-making machine. So they don't have the same concerns that Ball State does. Indiana State does not compete at the FBS level of football. They compete at the FCS level. They're considered a Division I institution because they have football, but that football doesn't compete at the same level as a Notre Dame or even a Ball State. So you've got all these different levels, and it's just very tough for those schools to all be under one umbrella. So we'll see what happens. Speaking of all and one umbrella, uh, when you said the word all, this triggered a thought. I heard Bray on the news last night or the night before. College basketball is going to save sports, and he's thinking all of the teams play against each other in one gigantic tournament. Could be that way. There's talk that they could have college basketball in some sort of bubble format. I don't know if those would be regional bubbles or how they would go about doing that, but I think Mike Bray was making that statement based on the belief that college football would get banged for this season. Well, it has in two conferences, but last night the ACC, the conference that Notre Dame is a part of, said, no, we're proceeding because our medical opinions tell us that it is safe to proceed. The Big 12 has followed suit, the SEC following suit as well. And some people say, well, can you really have a national champion with just those three conferences in it? And I would remind folks that 14 of the last 15 college football national champions have come from those three conferences. So, yes, yes, you can have a national championship. And then some people are saying, well, then if the Big Ten and the Pac-12 play during the spring, what are they playing for? And... My guess would be they're playing for the right to enter the XFL. I I don't know. I don't know what they expect to have happen in the spring. But I do know that if the Big 12, the ACC, and the SEC play and the college football playoff committee decides that's fine, we'll choose from these conferences plus maybe the American and the Sun Belt if somebody were to have a sensational season, I would recognize that college football champion because it's going to be likely one of the schools that was in there already. I hate to say this because I know we carry two Big Ten teams on our radio station, 
But outside of Ohio State, there really hasn't been a Big Ten team that has made that giant a push towards the playoffs. Penn State, contender. Wisconsin was in the college football playoff once. Michigan hasn't been in it for a long time. And you get past that, then you're talking a completely different level. The Pac-12, I'm sorry, but since those USC teams of the early to mid-2000s, I mean, Oregon got in it one year, Washington got in it one year, and, and they get smoked every time they go out there. Hasn't had a serious championship contender since 2005. So if the Big Ten, the ACC, and the SEC say we can play and they can do it safely and they have their season, I have no problem recognizing a champion from that group. Brian Kelly had a press conference yesterday via Zoom. Via Zoom. We were given a whole 90 minutes notice before this press conference happened. If you could have your say in prep time, sounds like 90 minutes is a little short. Tell me a day ahead of time so I can make plans. A day. Okay. I don't know why they had to, oh, all of a sudden we're going to have a press conference. It's not like there was breaking news. You know, you you give 90 minutes notice on a press conference like that when you're hiring or firing a coach or something like that. You don't do it for just your standard run-of-the-mill, hey, let's meet the media. We're in the middle of football practices. Maybe they think everyone's got the Zoom app so they can just press the button and be ready to go. They can, but they might have other plans. They might be doing other things. They might be covering other events. It's rude. It's rude, I'll tell you. Nah, what else would you be doing? Yeah, exactly. You know, it's not like it's a busy time of year or anything. Did he say anything that... uh... Honestly, no. I mean, he told us about some freshmen who have made an impression. uh, Michael Mayer and Kevin Bauman at tight end. Chris Tyree at running back. He talked about how proud he was of the team for how they've handled the coronavirus. Talked about, you know, he said, a couple positive tests, they're going to happen. You know, the, the... through this pandemic, you try to limit how many players you have test positive. You try to do your best to limit how many go in quarantine. He says it's not like the team isn't taking it seriously, but occasionally you're going to have a positive test and felt like that was something that they could deal with. Was concerned about the hydration of his team because normally managers and trainers are running around you know, with different water bottles. Well, now everybody has to have their own water bottle, and sometimes a player will have left it way over there somewhere and isn't really eager to go get his water bottle on a water break. Maybe he's talking with a position coach or something like that, and they found that after the first day of practice, uh, guys had lost like 3% of their body weight with water loss. He says that's a problem that they have to – combat so he might have to change the way he structures practices a little bit those were the news nuggets that came out of it it there was nothing earth shattering but i know that there had been criticism that well nobody in the local media had had a chance to talk to brian kelly since june 9th so football practice is underway can we get something it's still not ideal how it's done but okay Did I tell you I got a call from the ticket office about my purchase? No. As soon as the Western Notre Dame game was canceled officially, probably about an hour after that, I got a phone call from a young man whom I purchased tickets from at the university, and I had three choices. 
let the tickets roll over to next year because I bought the big package where you sit in the glass container and the yeah. food and the stuff. Let it roll over. Donate it to the Rockney Fund for these students. <laughs> okay. And the third one, and it was presented to me like this, or you can get a refund. And I, I kind of giggled a little bit. I said, can I hear the three again? Yes, Mr. Man. You can roll over what you purchased this year for next year, and you will have first dibs on whatever game, you know, the, the price you paid. Or you can donate it to the Rockney Fund for the students. Or you can get a refund. I said I'll take option number one. Oh, okay. For your purposes, that's probably wise. Yes. Uh, I can see a lot of people saying, three! Yeah. I'll take the refund. Yeah. Funny, they don't want to give back money. Oh, who would right now? Right. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying is. Yeah. And we're still waiting to hear what their ticket plan really is yeah. for this year. Uh, maybe now that the ACC has kind of said, okay, we're going forward, we'll hear something in the next few days because the season is less than a month away. They're supposed to play Duke on September 12th, as it is right now. Speaking of football, let's switch to high school. Scrimmage is happening as we speak tonight. Everything is moving forward. I wouldn't say everything, but yes. Some things, things, are, moving some things are moving forward. <laughs> Nelkar County, they ha can't have any scrimmages because uh, their teams can only practice until August 24th, which means they won't have a scrimmage tonight, nor will they have a game next week. Other counties can proceed. Now, if you play tonight with the IHSA guidelines, they're, they're either guidelines from the IHSA or the governor. To be honest, so many people are making rules these days. I can't keep up with who is putting what forward. But if you play tonight, you can't have any fans in the stands for your scrimmage. Well, Bremen and St. Joe are going to scrimmage tonight. Uh, so no fans for that one. And I don't know who else is scrimmaging tonight. Knowing this rule was in place, a lot of schools bump their scrimmages to Saturday. So that way, some fans can attend. And it varies from school to school how many people they will have in the stands. So, for instance, Plymouth is scrimmaging with Adams and Laporte tomorrow at the Rock Pile. They are allowing each, each player to have four tickets for a family. Uh, some places... I know West Noble is scrimmaging at Riley at Jackson Field tomorrow. 100 fans on each side. And I had one administrator tell me yesterday their school is basically going to the coach, who gets playing time, who doesn't. The more playing time you get, the more apt you are to have your parents there. If you're, if you're just a bench rider, chances are if – if they get down to that number, you're probably not getting a ticket. So, it, again, it varies from institution to institution. The good news is they're going to be scrimmaging. Last night in Utah was the first high school football game played anywhere in the country since the pandemic. So they're underway, and it's been a joy for me to go to these practices and kind of reunite myself with coaches and players and, and see things happening, but things are not the same 
had one coach tell me this week he had to call they had an inter-squad scrimmage last week and he had a a young maybe a freshman or sophomore defensive back who was just shying away from contact would would kind of reach out but wasn't really looking to tackle and he said son you know what's going on he said coach i'm afraid of getting covid and uh, this coach goes you know some people might chuckle at that, but that's a real concern for this young man. So we had to kind of talk about things. And these are the kinds of things that players are dealing with. And coaches are, are doing the best they can. Boy, I, I go to these practices. I was, I've been screened myself at two or three practices going in, having somebody ask me the questions, scan my temperature, etc. And I'm just there to stand six feet away from people and get video and, and kind of get the lowdown so you folks can have the lowdown. But they're, they're being very stringent with the measures that they're doing. I didn't, I didn't go to any school where I sat there and said, oh, boy, they're just, you know, doing whatever they want out here. All these coaches have been well-trained and well-instructed on how to run the program under these conditions. Because more than likely, if you aren't, you're done. Right. They all want to play. They all want to play, so they're going to play by the rules. One of the questions I keep asking coaches is, it's a successful season if. Hmm. And, and and some coaches get into, you know, if we compete for a title. Most coaches are saying, if we play. Or if we play the full 10 games. That's, that's what they're looking for. You ready to maneuver into hockey, my friend? I am. Unfortunately, the Blackhawks couldn't maneuver very well in overtime last night, and they lose a heartbreaker falling to Vegas 4-3. They fell behind in this game 2-0 in the first period because the Blackhawks' defense apparently didn't get the wake-up call, and Vegas was just skating by them at will and peppering Corey Crawford. Second goal, Crawford probably should have stopped. It went right over his stick. Then the Hawks come back. They tie the game at 2-2. They tie it again at 3-3. They force the overtime. But in the overtime, they Dylan Strom, who did score one goal last night when Patrick Kane put it right on his stick in the crease and he couldn't help but score. Dylan Strom last night had two or three times for the Blackhawks where he appeared to be ready to take a shot and then didn't shoot the puck. Well, I don't know about you, Corey, but here's a tried-and-true premise of hockey. You can't score if you don't shoot the puck. And Strom not shooting the puck a couple of times denied his team the opportunity to score. It also kept some people out on the ice a little bit longer than they needed to be. And so because the Hawks couldn't control the puck in their own zone, because they couldn't clear it, Vegas was able to keep some Blackhawk players on the ice for a two-minute shift during the overtime last night. Two minutes is a very long shift in hockey. And the Vegas Golden Knights win it 4-3 when a Blackhawk defenseman, actually one of their couple of their forwards, weren't where they should be. And now the Golden Knights have a stranglehold on the series, leading the best of 7-2-0. A disappointing night for the Hawks because they really could have won that game. I'm not saying they should have because Vegas is a very good team, but could have stolen one last night and really made a series out of it. Meanwhile, baseball, boy, the Cubs are a fun team to watch right now. 
You Darvish, dominant on the mound last night, took a no-hitter into the seventh. They're getting timely hitting, playing much better defense under David Ross, and the Cubs beat Milwaukee 4-2. to David Ross now has this Cubs team at 13-3. and They had a graphic up last night. Cubs managers who won at least 12 of their first 15 games. The other two were Albert Spaulding and Cap Anson prior to 1880. That's how long it's been since a Cub manager has had this kind of debut. Now, granted, David Ross inherited a lot of talent on this team, probably more talent than any Cub manager has inherited in a long time. But he's having them play they play loose, but they play disciplined, if that makes any sense to you. Do you think this team, a majority of them, have a realization that this might not look this way as a team next year? Uh, Anthony Rizzo said as much after the game last Oh, night. did he? He said, look, he goes, the window may close hmm. after this year. Because they understand that with free agency and the money that will need to be paid to certain players or trades that might happen. This is likely the last time that this assemblage will be together as one. I I just don't see the Cubs being able to pay both Baez and Bryant next year. So I think one of them's going to go. I don't know which one, but I think one of them's going to go. And obviously those are, are capstones to this Cub team along with Rizzo and Contreras. And then you've got guys like Schwer- I mean, they've got great depth of talent right now on this team, and it shows. Just about anybody they put out there can hit. Their one through nine is hitting probably as well as any team in the bigs right now. And their starting pitching has been phenomenal. So you put all that together, it's not a great mystery why why they're 13-3. and three. Cardinals are still even with them in the loss column because the Cardinals have only played five games. And they won't be playing again on Friday after another Cardinal coach tests positive for COVID. They're supposed to play the White Sox on Friday. Well, they could still play this weekend, but St. Louis, if they do play in Chicago, there has been talk that St. Louis will not fly to Chicago, concerned about the air quality on a plane and their own COVID problems. Instead, 41 rental cars for each member of the traveling party to drive themselves from St. Louis to Chicago. How many games can a team miss before Major League Baseball goes, you're done? That's a real good question. That is a real good question. What's the number right now for the Cardinals? I believe they have now missed... Uh, 14 straight games. 14. I'd say 15. You're done. In 15 a 60-game season. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, if if I call up the uh, the Major League standings here. Now, the Cubs are 13-3. and three. Remember, they missed three games through there that they were supposed to play with the Cardinals. So they should have played 19 games by now. Most teams if they've played all their games right now, are right around that mark, 19 or 20. That's a third of the season. The Cardinals have played five. And here's the problem I have with, 
well, the Cardinals can play double headers and make up the games. Well, why should the other teams be punished for what the Cardinals did? No kidding. That's a long freaking day for those that have been in the game already. Get them out of there. 15 games out. Clip the wings. I have no problem with that. Hey, real quick, back to uh, football. When does the NFL start? (laughs) By the way, um, that is right around the second weekend of September. Okay. So. And as of right now. Oh, they're 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 moving right along. Now remember, there are no preseason games in the NFL this year, so it's just training camp right now. So it's somewhat of a bubble-like atmosphere because I'm sure everybody got screened before they came into training camp. Mm-hmm. And as long as everybody is behaving themselves and not going out to places at night, they should be fine. Well, if you've been to Bourbon A, you know there are no places to go. Precisely. <laughs> There's a Walmart. Precisely. So uh, the NFL plans on having a season. High schools are having a season, and colleges right now, it's a handful of conferences who are still playing, but three of the big boys. Let's end on the NBA. And we've got some breaking news on this Friday morning. The Chicago Bulls have finally come to their senses and relieved Jim Boylan of his head coaching duties. I'm not sure what they were waiting for here. Uh, The Bulls went out, and they got rid of, Gar Foreman and John Paxson as the president and general manager. They've brought in a new executive team. And I kind of figured on day one, the new executive team would say, Jim Boylan, bye-bye. Instead, he's been sitting here twisting in the wind. And now with the NBA playoffs uh, right on the brink, the Bulls said, Jim Boylan, bye-bye. Do you think they've got someone in their mind, in their eyesight? I would think so. I think normally when you make a move like this, you're making a move not just to make it, but to turn around and bring somebody in. Who that somebody is, I don't know. But Jim Boylan's tenure with the Bulls was not exactly filled with greatness. So you're you're trying to start all over. You're trying to reshape the culture of the team. Why wouldn't you bring in a new head coach? One wonders how talks would happen if the Bulls were interested in someone in the bubble currently. Well, you could do a lot of stuff on Zoom calls. And, and remember, the Bulls didn't just pull in two guys off the street as their new executive team. They've got people in there who have been in the NBA for a while. Yeah. So they've made some contacts. They know people. Uh, they're going to have an idea of who they want to bring in. But Jim Boylan's tenure with the Bulls is done. Well, the NBA is an interesting story in that uh, the Western Conference, and normally you don't worry much about who the eighth seed is in the Western Conference, but that's really what this whole bubble has been about is uh, lining up for the playoffs and giving teams a chance to play a little bit and have some competition before the playoffs start. When Phoenix went to the bubble, there were some people who said, why on earth do you have them still in contention? But mathematically, they were still in contention. They would pretty much have to win out to have a chance to make the playoffs. Guess what Monty Williams' team did? What? They won out. They went 8-0 and in the bubble. And they were in contention for the number 8 spot yesterday, but two things had to happen. 
Memphis had to lose or Portland had to lose. Well, Memphis had the good fortune of playing Milwaukee just the day after Giannis Antetokounmpo had headbutted somebody, and so he got a one-game suspension. Milwaukee, a much different team without Giannis than they are with him, and Memphis beats Milwaukee. So the other hope for Phoenix was that Portland would lose to Brooklyn. Portland has been carried the last three games by Damian Lillard. In fact, other than C.J. McCollum and maybe Carmelo Anthony, I dare you to name another Portland player. You're not going to be able to. I'm barely able to. So Lillard has put this team on his back. He scored 61 the other night, and then last night he scores 42. He hit a shot last night. I don't. You've watched quite a bit of the NBA since they've come back. So you know how the court is designed. And the NBA logo, with Jerry West in the middle, the NBA logo is right there at midcourt. Mm-hmm. His feet, his heels were on the edge of the logo when he pulled up for a jump shot that he swished last night. Just came across half court. Brooklyn kind of knew it was coming. They were extending their defense, but they didn't go quite that far, and he just pulled up and let one fly and drained it. He had 42 last night. Portland beats Brooklyn 134-133. So now Portland will play Memphis on Saturday. The winner gets in the playoffs. And your reward for getting in the playoffs is you play LeBron and the Lakers. But I'll tell you what, the way Damian Lillard is playing right now, I would not put it past him to give the Lakers a little bit of trouble in the first round. The Pacers will play the Heat in the first round of the playoffs. They have a game uh, today that's absolutely meaningless. And typically you would say, well, the difference between four and five is you get home court in that best of five or best of seven uh, for the last game. But you're playing in the bubble. There are no fans there. So home court, there is no difference between being four or five. The youngest of the Freebie Tribe heads to West Lafayette this weekend. Yes. As you ship out the final student on his exciting adventure in the great state of Indiana. I'm sure he's a little disappointed that there won't be any Purdue football this fall. Maybe he can make up for it in the spring. Uh, Certainly, if Jeff Brom has his way, that'll be the case. Uh, But yes, he's looking forward to getting down to West Lafayette and doing some studying. Hopefully he'll get to see that young man from this area play for Purdue. Jaden Ivey. Yes. Yep. Did they go to school together at all? No. Jaden went to Marion. TJ went to St. Joe. Gotcha. Jaden went to Holy Cross for elementary. TJ went to Corpus Christi. Monday really kicks in Chuck's schedule for high school um, sports as the TV side really kicks in. So it'll be interesting to see how your temperature is gauged through the week. First uh, first high school competitions for many of the other teams, non-football, are Saturday. Of course, girls' golf has been playing here for a while, but August 15th is the first date of competition for sports like uh, cross-country, volleyball, soccer, in places where they can be played. Sorry, Elkhart County. Have a great weekend. Thanks for following along. Hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. You're on Twitter, right? I've been known to be there at 46 Sports, and you're at My Name is Corey, 
And this show has a Twitter, right? Yeah, that's right. Sports Yak, which you'll find all of the episodes archived. I stand in awe of over 200 plus episodes. You know, what was funny was I was talking to uh, this administrator friend of ours as a listener to the show, but he had not been able to listen for a while because, well, as a school administrator these days, you're a bit busy. So he was trying to get caught up. Things that we said five or six episodes ago, not so valid anymore. He said, I started listening the day you guys put out the Big Ten football schedule and then realized, well, this ain't happening. (laughs) (laughs) You can watch our emotions turn sour as the episodes progress. Thanks for listening. Shout out to that guy. What's his name? Mr. Seitz over at Adams High School. Set your sights on a win. That's all I can come up with. That's not bad for, you know, right off the cuff. Until next time, Yak fans. Ooga Luga, Howard Johnson. We've had some fun. Yeah, the show is done. Now we gotta run. It's Sport Check. Sport Check. Sport Check is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. We done. The Sports Yak Podcast with Chuck Freebie and Corey Mann. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit the archives for previous coach and athlete interviews. Part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.